Hi, hello, how are you? It's better late than never, am I right? There's three days left of 2023, so like, I gotta keep it consistent, but I have hopes and dreams, like a keen album for 2024. Um, I'm gonna start off by saying like, thank you to the everyone that listens. I have four consistent listeners, maybe it dropped down to three, I don't know. But I have four consistent listeners and everyone out there, uh, people who have just discovered me, uh, people who have been there since the beginning. Again, you're probably one of the four. But um, thank you so much. And it is wild. I've been doing this for almost two years now. That's insane. I've done this more consistently than a quilt than I'm than a quilt that I made two years ago. That is actually one of my, I don't want to say New Year's resolutions. I don't even know if I want to say goals. Maybe more intentions. Like I hope to follow through with this. So I'm I'm gonna go with intentions. That's one of my 2024 20, intentions is to finish that fucking Halloween quilt I've started. I believe I'm about halfway done. So that's not bad. That is not bad. And then that will coincide with. I want to make better food choices and not snack as much. And so I think if I dive back into finishing that quilt, my hands will be too busy quilting with, you know, a needle and thread. Then I will be able to shove food into my mouth. We are in that awkward in between Christmas and New Year's where like, it's just weird. We don't know what fucking day it is. Um, I am still working. I know you, um, people have those jobs where like Christmas break starts and then they don't come back till after New Year's. I know a lot of teachers have that, but I know other like businesses do that too, which is kind of cool. Hypothetically, that sounds great. But then there's always a cram period right before the end of the fiscal year, which is in February. And that sounds terrible. So I am fine with working between um, Christmas and New Year's. And I've worked. I worked Christmas Eve. This is one of the first years I didn't work Christmas Eve. Um, I just do floor sets at my other job. That's pretty cool. I did work Black Friday. I don't know if I mentioned that in the last episode. I did work black friday but i was at my other job i wasn't dealing with people so it is fine and then what else did i do well christmas has come and gone and i hope everyone had a wonderful christmas i did um i pretty much got everything i asked for i didn't ask for much i asked for this our place cast iron i don't want to say skillet but it's a cast iron pan and it's got like a grill on it so you can get a nice sear. I did use it last night. I love it. Um, I need to get a couple handles so when I pick it up and move it, I don't burn my fingers. Because I'll be that dumbass to just grab it like, yeah, it's fine. And burn my fingertips. Who needs fingerprints anyway? So I got that. I will say the downside is... I couldn't get it in the same color of my pan I already have. I have this like really pretty coral reddish everything pan or always pan, whatever they call it. And the cast iron 
pan I got is in like this pinkish color. So it's in the same color story, but it's not the same color. So that's kind of annoying. But so far, so good. I love it. Um, only used it once, but I will probably get some use out of it. I might buy like another one, like a cast iron, just flat pan, because I like that I don't have to season it. And I can kind of like rinse it and wash it with a spun, whereas with like regular, I guess, cast iron, you can't. I don't know. We have one somewhere. And my boyfriend's like, I want one. And he's never fucking used it. So maybe if I get just like a regular one, it'll be fine. Whatever. And then I also, what else did I get? Oh, Trixie Mattel came out with this like solid, I believe it's called solid pink disco or solid disco um, makeup line. And I really wanted it and I sent it to my mom. And I was like, I would really like both these eyeshadows, but, or I'd really like the eyeshadow, but it's cheaper to almost just buy the PR box. And in it, you get both the eyeshadows, you get both the highlighters, a lip oil, which is just like a fancier lip gloss. I guess it's not as sticky. I don't know. And then a set of lashes. The only thing I probably would not use would be the lashes. But like they're really cute. And I'm going to keep them in the package obviously. And the box it came in is gorgeous. Um, I do have some of her like setting spray. And it's really pretty. And um, I also got a tri this other little cute Trixie Mattel eyeshadow palette. From I guess I could just say my sister-in-law. And it's like neon colors. That's pretty. I have not tried any of it yet. Um, I'm debating when I will. I'll probably use use the disco sets fairly soon. I love. I do not shy away from pigmented eyeshadow, sparkly eyeshadow, neon eyeshadow. I like it all. Um, I like to match it to the outfits I'm gonna wear. And if not, because um, I wear scrubs at work, I think it's just fun to be fun with your makeup. I don't wear it for anyone but me. My boyfriend tells me I don't need it. And I'm like, thank you. But I like to wear it. And I do. I got Bob's Burgers Clue. I'm not a Monopoly girl. Um, I don't think you should have to set a time limit for a game. There should be a beginning and an end. And if it takes you two hours, it takes you two hours. If it doesn't, great. But I'm not going to set a time limit on a board game. And then else i got some new jeans but i knew i was getting those i got I'm trying to think what else i got these little funko pop disney princesses that my sibling got me oh this stepper it's very similar to a elliptical i guess at the gym um i've seen them all over tiktok I sent my mom a link for one I found on Amazon that I really liked, and I've tried it. I have almost eaten shit on it a couple of times. I find it is easier to attach the straps that you could do curls with to keep your balance because they are tensioned. They are like a a fitness band cut in half, r half rather than being attached to each other. You clip it to in front of both of where your feet go, and then you hold on and do it. I find it is easier if you have that to hold on. 
you're almost pulling against yourself slightly while you're doing the step motion. And again, I haven't hurt myself yet. Um, I did it for five minutes and I thought I was going to die. So here's to fitness in 2024. And then just a bunch of other stuff I did not ask for, but I really like. Um, oh, I got a vinyl Doctor Who Dalek figurine that my um my boyfriend got me, which I guess brings me into what I was mainly going to talk about. I finally watched the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials. There were three of them. And then subsequently, I followed that up with the Christmas special with the new Doctor. And I want to say all four episodes were 10 out of 10. Um, I guess I'll give a spoiler warning now because I don't want to ruin it for anyone who may possibly watch it. And if you don't, you're going to be thoroughly confused as to what the fuck I am talking about. And that's fine. So the Doctor Who 60th anniversary special premiered in the middle of November. I believe it started the weekend before Thanksgiving and wrapped up the weekend after Thanksgiving. They premiered one um, each weekend. And it started off with the first episode. And we pick up pretty much where Jodie Whittaker's character left off. And she had transformed, regenerated, turned into what we assumed was the 10th Doctor, uh, David Tennant's Doctor. And we come to find out it is not that case. He is the same Doctor. He is the 10th Doctor, but he is actually the 14th Doctor. He has to come back for some reason. Um, it is the biggest question as to why he's back to this old face and the TARDIS has brought him back to Donald Noble. And let me tell you, that first episode, I was holding back tears that whole time. Um, I've mentioned it before. I did like a two-parter Doctor Who episode, I believe. And... The 10th Doctor and Donna Noble, I think, were one of my favorite uh, Doctor companion sets. Um, when she re-meets up with him in the first ep episode with the adipose and they're talking through the window, it is one of my favorite scenes. And then that whole season, series, whatever you want to call it, was um, amazing. And when it ended and Donna Noble had to get her mind erased, I was fucking devastated. Um, I usually am not one for like fwah, really sad stuff, but that was just so devastating because, and I understand it's a TV show. Everyone gets sad and upset at TV shows. Um, when that happened, Donna, watching it, you know Donna and this doctor would have traveled the world together forever till the end of her days. And that wasn't going to happen because it could kill her. And he had to wipe her brain. And it was devastating. And then from there, he goes on to the waters of Mar, planet of the dead. 
you know, these four knocks with her grandfather, Wilbur, I believe that's his name. And then he regenerates into Massimus Doctor. So he's back at, at what looks like the 10th Doctor, but he's the 14th Doctor. And he's back in London and he runs into Donna Noble and he realizes he can't see her because then she'll remember and she'll die. And he doesn't want, I don't think he wants that on his conscience as in he caused her death. It is different when a companion chooses their own demise versus the doctor did it and they did not have a choice. And he runs into her and he puts the boxes back and she gets mad. And then he runs into her doc, um, her daughter and her daughter is named Rose. And the young actress that plays her is the first trans actor on the show. And she plays Rose and come to find out she is trans on the show. She was, you know, born a boy, became a girl, changed her name to Rose. And that is a big part of this storyline. She runs into the doctor. Her mother knows who the doctor is and tries to protect Donna because she doesn't. As much as she is a pain in Donna's ass, she does not want Donna to pass away. So she's trying to protect her. And then uh, chaos ensues. These meep, meep type aliens. They're fuzzy. They almost look like, what is it, chinchillas? Like they look like large chinchillas. And he tells, the meep tells the world that, you know, we've been hunted and slaughtered. And now, you know, these aliens coming after me want to kill me. I'm the last one of my kind. Um, Come to find out, it's half a lie. He the meat meep is the last of it. It's kind, but um, it wants to kill everyone in its path and like start a new colony. And at that point, the doctor gets locked in the spaceship and they have to stop, obviously, London from imploding. It's always London's problem whenever aliens bade London or Cardiff. London or Cardiff is where they go to start it. And... He can't figure it out. He and Donna are separated by like a glass wall. And last minute, you know, she, he gets it up. And she, when she knocks on the glass, I was waiting for like the four knocks. Again, if you watched his last episode, he gets his demise is when Wilbur knocks on the glass four times. And I thought it, that would have been a great callback to do that because that's what I was really hoping for. And it did not happen. He knocks and Donna's like, why do you keep avoiding me? Like, I don't remember you. Who are you? And he realizes what he has to do. And Donna's like, do it. I, I want to help you. He, he seems familiar to her, but not. So he opens up the power of the doctor or whatever is in her cells she survives, they save the world, and then she's about to die. And I am about to cry. But what ends up happening is there's like a release of these cells and she's able to survive because when she was pregnant with her daughter, her daughter, half her DNA, got half the doctor DNA. So she's able to survive because she has her, her daughter who is somewhere else because she was willing to give up her life if it meant saving her daughters 
and her family's because that's who is most important to her. And she got that from the doctor. So she survives. The power's released. The world is saved, obviously. Donna comes back. All her memories come back. And we have the sassy redhead that we've all missed. And she blames him for giving away all her money because she won like 164 million pounds. She won life-changing money and gave it away because subconsciously she knew what that that's what the doctor would have done. And even though she doesn't remember it, that's what she did. And she puts everything together. Her daughter picked the name Rose because subconsciously her daughter also had that memory of Rose Tyler. And her daughter has this online shop and she makes these toys. The toys subsequently look like all the little aliens she had run into on her journeys with the doctor, like the Ood. I believe there was the Vashna Narada with the skull in a astronaut head, the adipose. Oh, and the adipose are so cute. And the, I forget what they're called, but like the rhinos, the, they went like, do, Joe, yo, what, whatever they're called, Daleks. Cybermen and subconsciously, even though Rose had never seen these things, she had gotten those memories from Donna. Um, it ended really great. She ends up taking one last trip, what she thinks, with the doctor to the to space and through time, which leads us into the next episode. Um, I forget the title of each and every one, except for the last one. I'm pretty sure. And this next one, they're kind of locked on or locked into a spaceship and the TARDIS leaves because the TARDIS sense danger. And they are literally on the edge of space where creation is starting. And they are questioning as to why no one is on the spaceship and the TARDIS has left. And Donna is like, why has the TARDIS left? And the doctor goes on to explain that there was a safety switch he had implemented but he had since shut it off that when the TARDIS senses danger it goes away and it will come back when danger is alleviated and of course it left them high and dry and Donna is pissed so now they have to figure out like what's up why did the TARDIS leave and so they're wandering around and they're talking they split up but then are joined by one another again. And the twist is they're not joined by the real doctor or the real Donna. They're these not shape-shifting aliens, but they have shifted into the doctor and Donna. And now they have to figure out what these two doppelganger lookalikes want and what happened to the captain of the ship. Well, the captain of the ship had ejected herself out into space and this spaceship was set to implode very very slowly and that is why the TARDIS had left and so they figured it out and now they have to stop the ship from imploding because they want to live and while they go to stop it they're racing against their doppelgangers and it was really creepy because um David Tennant's doppelganger is running on all fours and it is 
I don't know about you, but I get very uncomfortable when I see someone running on all fours like a horse. To me, it's not natural. And it was, it was uncomfortable. And the TARDIS comes back. The real doctor gets on it because the other one is running on all fours. And he takes Donna. He assumes it's Donna and is asking her all these questions. But then I forget. I didn't take notes at all. I apologize. And he realizes he is the wrong one. And the other Donna being on the spaceship, it is now imploding and she can see it coming. And she's just kind of standing there because she realizes like, I cannot, where am I going to run? I cannot run it. This is the end. And right as she's figuring that out, the doctor shows back up, pushes that one out, and picks up the real Donna, and they leave right as the spaceship implodes. And um, she asks him, how did you know it was me? And he was like, "Um, her wrist was larger by 0.6 of a millimeter, and like, I just, I knew. And she's like, yeah, okay, you, you knew. When I think he knew, he asked a question about the TARDIS and she didn't know, whereas Donna would have known this answer to it, even though the TARDIS had completely changed on the inside. Which brings us to the third part. And in this final episode of the three-part 60th anniversary, the episode is called The Giggles. And it starts off with this really creepy marionette doll. And the gentleman is trying to create or make the first moving picture. The first movie, TV show, the first moving picture. And he captures it and the light is on too long and the head catches on fire. And there's this weird little like giggle. It almost, it reminded me a lot of like Mr... No. Yeah. No. I can't think of... I can't think of... Krusty the Clown. That's his name. Wow. We just went on that little brain fart journey of mine. It reminded me of Krusty Crab, his laugh from The Simpsons. Um, That show's been on for almost as long as I've been alive, if not a little longer. So we all should know the laugh. If not, Google. And that brings us to present day. Donna... And the doctor return back. And they might be off by like a day. That's one thing about the TARDIS. Um, they don't always get it back right. Um, usually they're off by a couple days. Or a year. That's what happened with the ninth doctor and Rose. Um, I'm not sure all the episodes are available but the 60th special and the Christmas special are all available on Disney+. Plus. Hashtag not sponsored. Earlier episodes, maybe bbcamerica.com or their app or whatever, or like Amazon. But so they return, um, not exactly where they left off, but they run into Donna's grandfather. Rest in peace, Wilbur. Um, he was the cutest little man. And he's come to find the doctor and look for him because, again, the world needs his help. And people are angry and, like, losing their shit. Everyone needs to be right. It is 
weird and they get to unit headquarters which reminded me a lot of um stark towers from the avengers if you know you know and now they have to go up against neil patrick harris's the toy maker which was a previous villain i believe from the 70s because they also brought back his former companion that um met the toy maker on his original appearance oh she was on it in the 80s from 86 to 87 and i believe that was with the sixth and seventh doctor possibly um i don't know when each of those came in but it was between the sixth and seventh doctor he had met the toy maker and assumed he had defeated said toy maker well the toy maker is back and he is here to cause havoc and neil patrick's harris character reminded me a lot of his character olaf from the lemony snicket series if you have not seen that all episodes are on netflix it's really good the books are great it's actually a book series i read through and finished um and this is where we meet the new doctor and um i love him i don't understand why people don't like each doctor it's it's so fucked up that they will hate a doctor just because he is the new guy and when Eccleston came back, he only did it for a year. I believe there was hardships between him and like the the production. He did not enjoy his time there, so he left. And then we had David Tennant come in. And that's where I think a lot of people jumped in on the Doctor Who bandwagon. And a lot of people would consider him their first Doctor, which I want to say yes and no for myself and that's who they consider their favorite doctor i like all of them i've liked all of them you have to give them a chance they all bring something different to the table i really liked matt smith's doctor he was goofy i really liked peter capaldi's doctor he was a lot more serious reminded me a lot of eccleston both were in a very dark place i like jodie whittaker's doctor as well um her last series the flux that storyline really confused me I think I'm going to go back and rewatch it before this series returns in May because it was very confusing. I don't think I fully paid attention, but that's me. I like Jodie Whittaker as an actress and everything I've seen her in. And I enjoyed her take as the doctor. It was a nice difference. Some, some people didn't like the fact that literally because she was a woman, uh, the doctor never said he only had to be white men the doctor is allowed to be and they hit upon this a lot in that first special the doctor is like kind of non-binary asexual like goes back and forth between being a man and a woman and if you don't like that that's just weird i don't know if it was ever fully said that the doctor had to be a white man so get over it it's a tv show and it's a great one so this is the episode where we meet the new doctor and I had to look up his name so I could pronounce it correctly. He is from, he was in the next, 
Netflix show, Sex Ed. Um, it's Sex Education, which has since come to an end. And I have looked him up on Wikipedia to get the correct pronunciation of his name because I would not be able to pronounce it. It is Shuti Gatwa. Um, oh my God, he's younger than me. He was born in 92. Um, he is Rwandan Scottish. So you can hear his, you can definitely hear the accent different between the classic Scottish accent that like Capaldi had and just the regular English accent that David Tennant's doctor was putting on. I like it. So far, I've liked what I've seen of him. And when they're going against the toy maker, the toy maker likes to play games. So the toy maker accidentally shoots the doctor and he's about to regenerate, but it feels weird. It doesn't, doesn't feel right. He goes to do the body movement of the doctor, like puts all his limbs out and like looks up to the sky and light shoots out and it doesn't work. So he has Donna take one arm and Melanie, his other companion, take his other arm and pull against him. I did share the video clip on Instagram. And as they're pulling, um, Shuti comes out one side and David Tennant stays on the other. So now there are literally two doctors. And usually one doctor is not allowed to cross the other one's timeline. It messes up with time and space. I could get into it, but I'm not going to. And they now have to play a game against the toy maker. And they play a game of catch pretty much. And they defeat him. I am missing a lot in this episode. They played the Spice Girls. It was amazing. And again, all episodes are available on Disney+. And they defeat the toy maker. He goes back in his little box. It's great. And now... There are two doctors, one TARDIS, and neither of them really know what to do. Donna's like, well, I'm going to stay here because I'm, you know, I love my family. I want to be with them. And she offers for him to stay with us. Like, you should come and stay with us. Relax. Slow down life. You're always running. You're always on the move. You don't stay in one spot. The doctor pretty much has ADHD. And... You know, the 15th doctor goes, wait, we get a prize. Like, we defeated the toy maker, we get a prize. So he takes this big, like, circus hammer and taps the side of the TARDIS. And out of the TARDIS comes another one. So each doctor now has a TARDIS. Which leaves it very open-ended for David Tennant, who comes back at as the 14th doctor at any point in time. Because his doctor is still around. Which means he could... I'm wondering if he could still regenerate into a different doctor and Shuti could still regenerate into a completely different one as well. We have two different timelines going on, people. I am just figuring this out right now. So Shuti goes off into time and space and David Tennant stays with Donna Noble and her family in London. And in his time with Donna's family, he... The 14th Doctor has taken her daughter, Rose, to Mars and back. He's taken Melanie on many trips. And he, he kind of gets the ending he deserved again. 
because if you remember, there is a human doctor who is now living with Rose Tyler in an opposite timeline. So this doctor gets the ending he deserves. He's going to live his life with the noble family. And again, it leaves him very open to coming back as the doctor. And I believe he has said he will keep playing the doctor till the day he dies. And I love that. Then we get to the Christmas special and um, there's the Goblin song. And if you haven't heard it, you need to. She is the new queen of pop. We meet his new companion and his new companion's name is uh, Ruby. And she is the center of the storyline. She was born on Christmas Eve as an orphan and left as a church. She was brought to her mom the woman who eventually adopted her and became her mom as a foster baby. And she ended up staying and her mom adopted her. And they, things always seem to happen around her. A bit of bad luck. And she does not know why. She is in search of her biological parents, her mother, her father. Um, She's being interviewed and she is called a foundling. That's how they refer to orphans and stuff just never goes right and the doctor runs into her at a club and asks her like do you notice that like stuff doesn't always go right for you and she's like yeah kind of and the woman who then interviewed her later calls her up and tells her you know i i don't have good news i we can't find anything on your mother your father it doesn't look like you have any family And she is a little upset by it, but she's not because she has her mom and she has her gran. You know, the two women that helped raise her. Those are her family. Her mom ends up getting a new baby on Christmas Eve, same day as her, to foster. And she's got a whole fridge of all the children she's fostered. And Ruby has been with her through all of them. And the doctor comes because he's, you know, something's not right. And so her mom runs out to go get some nappies and a Christmas present and birthday present for Ruby because it is her birthday. She's got time. The baby gets taken. She has Ruby and the doctor look after her. The baby gets taken by goblins. They're going to eat at the baby. And there's a song about it. Stream on Spotify. It's amazing. And chaos ensues. He saves the day, leaves her behind. And there's a big crack in her ceiling. And then when he comes back, something happens. Ruby's not there. And he goes to ask her mother, where's Ruby? And the woman's like, who? And he's like, Ruby, your daughter. She's like, I don't have a daughter. I don't have any kids. I don't really want them. I just, I'm just watching this baby. It's whatever. He goes back in time because he realizes since the goblins are mad at them for taking back the baby, They went back in time and took Ruby and uh, gobbled her right up. They eat the baby. And he goes back in time and prevents it to reset the timeline and make it correct. And all is back to as normal as it can be in the Doctor Who universe. And she goes looking for him. She wants, you know, she's asking people, have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? And he goes to kind of right some of their wrongs and save people from the goblins just through ruby's storyline again i am not i didn't take notes on this i watched it and i enjoyed it i'm sharing what 
I remember and my thoughts on it. It is available again on Disney+. Plus. And she eventually finds the doctor and she is his new companion. And I am very excited. Um, Shuti is a beautiful man. And the woman who plays Ruby is beautiful. I, I cannot wait. Um, in the look into the season, it looks like they go back to the Beatles. Like there's some Beatles era stuff. And it looks like there is some sort of 16th or 17th century England or France. Um, I want to say they meet Isaac Newton and that was in a, that was a, a 14 and Donna adventure that they briefly met Isaac Newton before he was Sir Isaac Newton, but it was great. You should stream it. I am not doing it justice in covering it, but I thoroughly enjoyed, watched all, all the episodes on Christmas day. It was, it was great. It was nice to go from one to the other, to the other, right into the Christmas special. Uh, we watched, I paid for, and we streamed the Jinx and Dela show. It was great. Um, my mom was able to watch it with me. She thoroughly enjoyed it. And now we're almost to the new year. And I know I brought it up earlier in the episode. I don't want to set maybe goals or resolutions, maybe more intentions. And my intention with this podcast is to get better at doing it. Whether I do an episode every two weeks or every weeks, I want to be more consistent with it. And I... I personally need to get over the fact that I do this podcast. Sometimes I find it cringy because let's be real, everyone has one, but I need to market it more, market myself more. I get embarrassed by it and I, I don't know why everyone does embarrassing things. I just need to put it out there more, talk about it more. And I think that's really it. I will be sharing the only murders in the building recap episodes because they are going to be airing the first I believe it might just be the first and second season um it they're dropping I think the first two episodes from season one on January 2nd a Tuesday and that seems to be consistent because that's when each episode would come out on Tuesdays I think it's just to hold people over until scripted tv comes back because the writer's strike is over and so they'll be uh, blowing through seasons one and two pretty quickly. And I'm going to reshare the recaps. So if you decide to rewatch it, you know, you can go back and listen to those if you'd like. And again, I just want to thank everyone. Uh, please follow, like, subscribe, review, rate, wherever it is you listen to or stream this podcast, if you so would. And uh, follow on Instagram. I'm going to try and get better at posting there and posting questions. And I would like responses to those questions. Interact. I am very, I interact back like I do. I'm just not consistent with the posting because I haven't thought of any topics yet. But follow on Instagram. It is something.about.podcast. And I think that's it. Uh, thank you. And I hope everyone has a happy and safe New Year's. If you're going to drink, don't drive. If you're going to do drugs, also don't drive. If you're going to go to bed at 8 p.m. like I am, love it. If you're going to stay out and party, love it. Be safe. I hope you all have a wonderful, fun, whatever it is you do, New Year's. And just, I can't wait till next year. Bye.